0: and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking.
1: everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance. I'm your host, Jen DuPlessis. In this episode, I mean, my gosh, we're going to have so much fun. Let me introduce you first to Clarissa Burt, who is an internationally acclaimed, award-winning media personality, producer, director, writer, author, public speaker, and former supermodel and winner of the Celebrity Survivor Show, which I tried to find and I couldn't find, but I know you have it there. She also just released her (laughs) book, the self esteem regime. And we're going to be talking a lot about that today. She has had a private audience with Pope John Paul II honoring her social work. And I definitely want to ask you about that too, Clarissa. Yeah, sure. And she has graced the cover of over 250 fashion and beauty magazines. She's also an actress and best known for her role, as you say, at the Mean Queen Zaida. The never ending story, part two. But you also were in Wishman, which Frank Shankwitz has been on this podcast as well for okay. you know, his life story. So, welcome so much to the show. And what people don't know is that we've spent an hour in the green room chit chatting, not
2: recording. We already did this podcast. and we yeah. had to just record an hour ago, we're dangerous together, Jen. We are very, yes. very dangerous
1: together. We are. are. Well, welcome to the show. I am so excited. And I know we're going to see each other in a couple of weeks, too. So we're just going to have lots and lots of fun. But I really, really want to talk about self-esteem with you today. And we'll kind of divert and talk about some other things. Let's kind of start with your history, your story, because I know you're from Philly, from the East Coast, but then you lived in Italy. And so how did you get in everything that you got into? And, you know, what makes you glow today, given the fact that (laughs) your company is called the Limelight Media? But what makes you glow
2: today? That's a great question. But talk about my story. And what I love to do is pull up these two Polaroids that go all the way back to 1965. And I don't know if you can see Mary Poppins there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's standing right there in the middle of the stage and there's Mary Poppins. And she, oh way God. back in the day in Collingdale, Pennsylvania at Harris Elementary School, thanks to Mrs. Bailey and her sit I'd sit behind her and just, you know, sing, 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 sing. And I guess I was the loudest voice in the room. I told you already that they told me that I was vaccinated with a phonograph needle. So I'm a talker and I always have been. I'm a communicator and I love the stage. So that is really where I caught the bug that was where it happened. And my two, you know, growing up, you may remember you're younger than I am, but you'll probably remember Abba Gardner and Rita Hayworth. And so when they would come on to the, you know, television screen for me, that those were the women that I just absolutely wanted to be. I wanted to emulate. I wanted to sing. I wanted to dance. I wanted to dress like them. And I wanted to be, they were just so gloriously gorgeous that, you know, a girl, five, six, seven years old, they were my go-to yeah, girls. Idols. They were my idols. And so I knew in some way, shape or form, I was going to be in front of a microphone. It didn't happen yet again for quite some time. I was living in New Jersey, graduated high school, moved into the city. I was working as an administrative assistant. It's a long story, but you know, I knew I wanted to model. I just didn't think I was pretty enough or good enough. I wasn't enough, Jen, you know, the whole I'm not yeah. a good enough thing. Yeah. And I had very little support. There wasn't anything going around me that was like, yes, you can. When I moved into the city, people started to say, you know, you really should be a model. Oh, I could never, I could never. Well, I tried it and I did and it went rather well. <laughs> With that having been said, that's where you know it was sort of like the foray for me into some acting, and then definitely television, where I lived in Italy for thirty years. So I worked in television there, produced television there, learned the language. It was just destined; it was destiny and destined for me to be in some way, shape, or form in communications, and certainly in front of a microphone.
1: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so
2: what brightens your light every day in what
1: you're doing today?
2: Again, apart from you know the microphone, as I love media. So I absolutely love interviewing people and bringing their light to in the limelight media. That's exactly what I do. I help to promote their businesses and their services through what I call my seven touch system, which we can talk about later. But I absolutely love talking to people, getting to know people, you know, pulling the story out and getting their messaging out, their brand, helping them get their brand on point as well. So we do a little bit of work with some people before we get them on air. But I absolutely love what I do. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. What I did notice along the way, however, from a very young girl was the lack of self-esteem in women mostly. And I saw it with my grandmother. I saw it with my mother I saw it with other women that were living, you know, not happily, or they didn't think they were enough, or they were in toxic relationships. Certainly when I was in the modeling world, I was among some of the most beautiful women on the planet. And there were women or girls that I met along the way that you thought that they had the world at their feet. And for some reason, they were either living in a toxic relationship or doing drugs, like they just were not living their best selves, their best lives. So I knew that there was something to that. After the Me Too movement, and again, I take my hat off to the younger generations that said, no, wait a minute, this is not okay. Because in my generation, it was, oh, just close a blind eye or just don't pretend it didn't happen or cross the street or, you know, it's just the way it is. Pretend not to know, don't look at, you know, that sort of stuff. And they just went, no, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. After that happened, this book, by the way, The Self-Esteem Regime, has been in me for years. And I went to Secret Knock. And I spoke on stage and there's a gentleman there by the name, it was in the audience by the name of Gary Krebs, who has written many of Greg Reed's books with Greg. And he came to me and said, I need to write your book. And I said, okay. So we've been working on the book for the last four years-ish because he's busy. I'm busy. They finally dropped a month about five weeks ago. We're really excited about it. It is, again, it's a self-esteem regime. It's an action plan for becoming the confident person you were meant to be. And I use the word regime, Jen, because it's an organized way of doing things. And this is kind of the do your business or get off the pot kind of thing where we go, okay, no more excuses. Here's the game plan. This is what you need to do. And if you're willing to do the work, you're going to see major changes happening in your life. And as I was telling you before, I've implemented this now into my mastermind. So the gals are coming in and every other week we work on a chat. I cannot tell you the amount of breakthroughs that are happening, the tears, everybody come. We all have our tissues in front of us just <laughs> in case, but I will tell you that it's so heartening to hear Clarissa, this book has changed my life. I thought to myself, my goodness, you know, Jen, this is a manual, it's a book, but it's really a mission. And it's a movement for me because I'm going to be happy the day that I see all women everywhere living in happy, healthy self-esteem.
1: Yeah. I love that. Okay. So we're going to talk more about that. I have a question I want to kind of go back to because we just lost Betty White. And ironically, I got the people magazine that said Betty turns a hundred. Yes. Right? And I, when it happened, I grabbed the magazine. Yes. Oh my gosh. And my husband tried to throw it away the other day. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, we yeah. won't be doing that. I want to ask you about her because you happened to mention, you know, some people in the past that there were not idols for you, but you looked up to. Right. What role did Betty White play in your life? If she even did. And I may be bringing out something that you didn't even think about. Because right. this is a woman who had the most self-esteem that I've ever seen. Overcome right. So many things. Yes. So what are your thoughts about this great loss that we had in a very, very powerful woman?
2: Yeah, a very powerful woman. And certainly back in the day when she started, I think late forties, early fifties, women just were not in TV, and she was able to mm-hmm. weather the storm, if you will. But here's the thing about Betty that I think we can all really relate to mm-hmm. and certainly appreciate. And that is you never heard one negative word about her. She was never involved in a scandal. There was nothing that ever came out that way. And she always brought a smile to someone's face. And you always had that heartwarming feeling like it was someone that was part of the thing. It was your grandmother. It was your aunt. You know, whatever it was, however it landed with you. There was always a very warm feeling whenever she yeah. let's say, was in the room, right? Right. And I was
1: reading something in the People magazine, ironically, with William Shatner, who I've had the wonderful pleasure of meeting because we named our son Kirk after Kirk.
2: Right. After <laughs> <Captain laughs> Kirk. Kirk. After <laughs> Captain
1: Kirk. Right. So not because I'm a truckie, but my husband's kind of one. And so we actually had the opportunity to meet him and he signed a thing for my son, which was really, really cool. But in the People magazine, he had said that he got roasted by her. That He had this big roast and it was the first time that I've ever read anything negative. Ironically, this is funny you're saying this. Right. He had said, I love Betty White from a distance. He goes, and she said some things that hurt me. But the thing about her is that she says it in such a nice way. You don't even really know you're getting right, hit. Right, you, <laughs> you're just been... <busy. laughs> epitome of killing kindness
2: yeah (laughs) right in her approach to it so her comedic time was impeccable and so I think that, you know, he might have been a little too sensitive maybe, but, she, <laughs> right. but she, I know. And I couldn't I, tell, was he
1: really, was he being comedic yeah. and safe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So I couldn't yeah. really tell. But yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that I really just, you know, I've always- And her love
2: for her. animals, Jen. I mean, she, you oh know, my I, gosh. Yeah, yeah, her love for animals, animals and her, all of her foundation, I don't remember the name at the moment, yeah. but you know, the foundation that she had, she's just a lovely- just always she talks about- wonderful human being.
1: So I want to talk to you about, and I know you addressed a little bit about today's environment, but I want to actually just share a little bit of a story to get us to start talking about self-esteem. I have the wonderful privilege of being asked to speak on a panel at the University of Washington in Washington, D.C., every year for a group called WIB, Women in Business. And these are all college-age children. And I wouldn't say that the group isn't people that are coming from the outside, older people that are coming back in, but it's all women who are girls who are studying finance because that's where my background comes from. So they're studying finance, accounting, this, that, and the other. And a couple of years ago I was there and a little thing about me is that, you know, I have fun with my nail polish and I have fun with my, I always wear a dress, you'll never rarely see me in pants. And so here I am speaking, you know, at this event And I said, it's like popcorn. Whenever you make popcorn, you know, it sits in the oil and and you wait and you wait and you wait, there's a pop. And then as soon as one popcorn goes, a whole bunch of popcorn go, right? These women, very timid, raising their hands, the self-esteem issue, and raised her hand. I said, okay, yes. What can I answer for you? And she goes, yeah, uh, you know, I was wondering when I'm in a business meeting, can I wear a dress? Holy
2: cow. Okay.
1: And I thought, oh my gosh, this is our future. Yeah. And so wow. I, said, that's, I go, uh, yes, look it, I'm wearing a dress. And I said, I, you know, I've been in the financial services industry for 35 years. I've always worn a dress. I'm going to command the room. Yes, wear a dress. Well, the next question comes up. The popcorn starts happening. I got one now, little horseshacky, right? I got one. I got a question. And she said, can you wear nail polish in a business meeting? Yes, you can wear nail polish
0: in a business meeting. Wow. Right?
1: Yeah. And so I bring this up because every time I talk about self-esteem, every time that we talk about women and worth, or we're talking about women, and I know that we're going to talk about men as well in this, I understand, and children, especially my grandchildren, I always bring this up and it's always reminded of what is going on. Where does this come from? So let's talk about the root of this. Mm-hmm. why self-esteem is such an issue. I told you, I did some research on you as I do with everybody. And I was making some mm-hmm. notes and stuff. You know, I remember looking back at, I still have my grades from kindergarten and stuff. And every one of them said, Jennifer lacks self-confidence. Jennifer lacks self-esteem. Every one of them said that. Wow. And I wondered where that came from. Why did they think that I did? Because when I was little, I don't recall that I did. I knew I was told I would be worth nothing, but I don't recall well, that what?
2: Well, hold on a second. Really? No, I think it's
1: superficial because I don't recall feeling that. It wasn't until later that I felt that. Well, I'm sure
2: so, that you felt something. You just didn't address it yeah, at the time. I'm not sure how yeah.
1: showing up okay. as a kindergartner, as a first grader, a second grader. Right. This will look, right. walk us into the childhood and then we'll kind of progress ourselves into adulthood. But here's the core of this what is it that triggers the lack of self-esteem?
2: Well, I think you've just said it, Janet, and that is we basically are who we are. and We create all of our core beliefs by the time we're five, six years old. I think that whatever our environment is, whatever we see our mothers doing, most of us are modeling after our mothers. Certainly, we're extremely sensitive to our fathers because they are our first love. And everything else that's happening in, back in my day, I really only had three television channels. We didn't have the plethora right. of information that we had, yeah, the have- fire hose of information that we have right now. And so it was really like niched down what kind of information you have three. There were three television channels and then UHF came afterwards and all UHF. We only had three. Yes. Channels. My internet was the Sears catalog. That's how I had mm-hmm. access to models and makeup and fashion. Twice a year, I got a thick catalog and only, you know, 30 pages were dedicated to what I really wanted to see. So, I mean, this is where when we were younger, we only had a certain amount of information that we could formulate our opinion of ourselves in and find who it is that we wanted to emulate. There wasn't that much. Today, there is. But the other side of the coin of that that, is that you're much more open and exposed as a younger girl today to the bullying end, which is one of the things that I constantly am talking to, especially younger girls about, but not only, And that is stop comparing yourself to everyone else. You were not meant to be everyone else. Thank God you are not everyone else. And I still don't want to be like anyone else. It took a while. It does take time. And you have, look, I still deal with my daily demons. And you'll read about it in the book. I have daily demons every day, but I have the tools now to just brush them right off my shoulder to combat whatever it is that wants to come in and tear me down because I will not let it happen. Mm -hmm. It will not happen. And again, we only are as good as the tools that we have in the shed at the time. And our job is to continue to add more tools, sharpen the tools, keep them clean, keep them tidy, hang them back up so that we know whatever we need in any given moment, no matter what life throws at us, we can pull the proper tool or tools that we need to get us through a difficult time.
1: Yeah. I have a plaque here in my office that says, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. You know, and I mean, that's true. That's about that. Yeah. And I love that you say about tools. I want to talk about the tools for a second, because I think before we even get to the tools, there's a conscious awareness and mm-hmm. choice. We have to make the choice to want to utilize the tools that are there right. for us, right? Yep. And that we have to have positive self-talk, affirmations, the belief, mm-hmm. you know, and this is why my book is called Tell Me I Can't and the show is Tell Me I Can't. If you tell me I can't, you better get out of my way. Right. <laughs> and um,
2: no, no. No, no. yes.
1: Because, I because that. that's not gonna happen. And certainly, like you said, the daily demons are we all have look in the mirror, and sometimes the person yeah. who's telling us I can't is ourselves. But I think it really starts with the awareness and the choice to not succumb to what you believe everyone is telling you or you have seen right. and things like that. So in today's society, in this current environment, it has nothing to do with the pandemic. I'm talking about today's environment. What are some of the suggestions and tools and resources that you would be giving to parents To help their children through this maze that they're experiencing. You know, even the other day, we had post Christmas Christmas because we all had COVID during Christmas. And my eight year old granddaughter said she even went like this. So if you're not watching, you know, she right. went right yeah. down the middle like we were a centering, talking, right? We talking about something, and she said, I'm not a girl or a boy, I'm right down the middle. And we went oh, oh wow, yeah, that's okay. Oh yeah. No, no, no. And I said, yeah. No, you're a girl, you're just a tom girl. That's all. You can be a tom yeah. girl. Your mom was a tom girl, she's athletic,
2: you're good. It's- well, I think you said it before, and that is just be you. Okay. Yeah. And I think that these are right now. I have a feeling that the pendulum might be swinging a little bit too far in the other direction because the message is still just be you and you will just be you and you will not have an issue of just being you. If you know that there's no resistance, especially from your natal tribe, the natal tribe is where we encounter our first blows, if you will, to our ego Mm -hmm. that tells us we're not good enough. You know, whatever we think, whatever we say, whatever we do, you know, they just keep knocking you down. You know, five, six, seven, and eight-year-olds really don't have the tools yet. What we need to do is just to keep encouraging. You know, if they come home with the whole "somebody bullied me in school," whatever it is that you know, I got this really bad. It's difficult now to. I wouldn't want to be a parent now. I really mm. wouldn't because I, the difficulties that these children are going through, not only in school and with COVID and with the internet, with all of these security systems Minters. that are put in yeah. place, so yeah. that, you know, you can't get all the information. I don't know how you can really keep tapping the holes today as a parent. But I will tell you, they all seem to be very precocious. They are learning a heck of a lot more and a heck of a lot faster than we ever did. We have to also give them and insist that they find outlets that are not just device based, you know, outside of TV, outside of computer, outside of the iPad, outside of the iPhone, get them in the sunshine, get them playing kicking balls in the street. Get them to an activity, get them whatever the things that we used to do, whether it's ballroom dancing, like ballet, whatever that is, continue to support and encourage activities that are not done in front of the devices, because otherwise we are going to lose our younger generations. And I don't know how we would ever get them back.
1: You know, I have to say, I mean, I'm very proud of my son and my daughter-in-law because she can't have a phone. She gets a one-year charge on a phone. They charge it once a year and she has to (laughs) use them. And she was, How old is she? She's eight. And she was so wow. excited because she had the charge, but she's really careful about it. She's like, let me turn it on, take a picture, turn it off. And they won't let her have all these kind of pads. And they allow me to do it. They allow grandma to bring it. And play something with them, but they won't buy it. Right, right, right. The same kids. They couldn't have a Nintendo. They had to go play at someone else's house for Nintendo. And I think that really helped my kids. So thank you for that. Okay, so let's progress into this. So, this self esteem. So, you are on this mission and have this passion in giving back to people and saying, hey, look, we're going to work on your self esteem. You sent me a couple of notes and stuff about perfect self-esteem. I know that it fluctuates, right? It's ebb and flows. I'll have moments. I'm like, oh, I am good. And then I'm like, oh, I'm an imposter. Oh, I'm good, right? That's like, and those are the daily demons. And you're always going to have
2: those. You never reach 100% self. You never say, okay, 100%, I'm good. I don't yeah. have to work on this anymore. From this That's not the forward. way life was. Yeah, right? Unfortunately, board. yeah. So you constantly are going to have to be working Why on it. Why now
1: yeah. is, are you bringing out this book? You said this book's been new you for your whole life, you've worked on it for four years. Yeah. Why now are you compelled? to get this message out to everyone about self-esteem. And then I want to go into the four pillars of self-esteem.
2: Yeah, I was really happy that we were able to get this book picked up by Roman and Littlefield during COVID. And it was just as COVID was breaking. So I'm going to go with a year and three months ago, we got the okay to move forward on the book from them. You know, huge publisher. I was really thrilled that they were interested. And when they said, yes, I knew that we were on something. And we didn't know back in the day when they said, yes, at least I didn't know how long this pandemic madness was going to last. Right. I think that there, because there has been so much loss, loss of faith, loss of hope, loss of a family member, loss of a friend, loss of a job, loss of self, loss of money, there has been so much loss, Jen, that I think people continue to take a hit. Every time you lose something, you are thrown off balance. You know, you've got to really kind of find your sea legs again. And that definitely, you know, I'm talking about obviously psychologically. Just one after the other after the other. And then this one died of COVID and my friend's mother died of COVID and my, you know, all of the mess. That or been- my
1: colleague who her brother-in-law just died of the vaccine.
2: Yes, of course. Or the I mean, vaccine exactly. the
1: vaccine itself. Yeah
2: a lot of instability. I think you mm-hmm. agree with what I say. The instability yeah. is enough to destabilize anyone. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of book that says, okay, hold on. Regime. See that? It's an organized way. Open it up and start. Because we need these kind of books. We need the rah-rah session. We need to do the deeper dive work also for the things that we may have never confronted. You know, the things that we continually stuff down. You only get to stuff a certain amount and only for so long. Right. And then there's no more room. And then there's over- a and- then there's depression and anxiety and all of that stuff so i like the idea of just coming off with a clean slate you were asking me about some of the tools before one of the tools that you know we were talking about you said when i look in the mirror is mirror therapy affirmations yeah they're great meditation yeah, super here's another thing that came out really strongly from my last mastermind and look it's not a new word i'm not coining anything brand new it's not earth shattering but something that we continually especially as women overlook Put over to the side i'll get to it when i can't it's self-care you know if you look at your calendar especially as a solopreneur and an entrepreneur it is full of appointments and we make time for everything else and everyone else but ourselves put it in as an appointment with yourself i don't care what you have to do saturday from eight until noon I'm taking care of me. And whatever that means, I'm going for massage, a pedicure, nails, I'm coloring my hair, I'm taking a nap, I'm going out with the girls. Whatever it is that you need to do so that you can come back into self and center. You need to find centering time in order to be able to, uh, and confront sometimes everything else that's going on in your life, business, life, marriages, children, you know, life. Financial, everything. everything. I mean, to coin a phrase,
1: which now we don't like this phrase, but put your mask on first, right? It is. you have to do that so that you can be available to everybody else to be yeah. more powerful for everybody Exactly. Else. you know it's funny and you and i will talk about this when i'm on your show but this is exactly what i talk about all the right. time okay so let's talk about the four pillars of self-esteem and i know you have seven strategies in the book but let's talk about the four pillars of self-esteem
2: there are 12 steps in the book but the four are look good feel good be good and greater good So they're pretty self explanatory, but look good is, you know, really coming to the table, coming to your day. Look, when I'm here by myself, Jen, and I don't get all this, this doesn't get done. But I know better when you do. You feel so much better when you do. When, you know, you're really kind of pulled together and you're feeling kind of, you know, I call it sassy and classy. You're feeling good about yourself, right? And that's number one. Feel good is huge because there's your diet, your exercise, your nutrition. Man, you better be on top of that because if you go down, it all goes down, especially as a solopreneur. Entrepreneurs, if you have a little help, that's great. But really, if something happens to you, I just saw it with when I got sick with COVID. Three weeks I was out. It took me eight weeks to you know, like catch up because yeah. if I'm not here every day showing up 100%, it all goes to pot. You know, look good, feel good, be good. Be good is being at the top of your game, making sure your finances are in place, making sure that you are reading the bright books, making sure that you're continuing your education. I constantly am taking a course or a class. It could be just Udemy, whatever it is. I just signed up for another one today. Constantly in front of a course or a class to make sure that I'm leveling up all of the time. Be good. So taking your courses, taking your classes, finances—that's one of my weakers. It kind of scares me. I hate going to the accountant. I don't like going to the bank. The <laughs> money. I don't know. I've you know, I made an. To f- Sharon talk to Sharon. I know. She came on my Italy trip, by the way. We had a great time. And she lives here in town, so I don't even get to see her that much. And so, you know, the finance thing kind of, eh, it's always been a little scary. You know, the decision, a concerted effort this year as my resolution to put on big girl britches and not be afraid anymore, just to like, you know, learn as much as I could. These are the be good things, right? The things that we know that we need on a daily basis. The other thing that I do, Jen, is I sign up for about four or five different newsletters that are from dictionaries. And every day I get five new words, and I love to reinforce my vocabulary because I think that this is another huge way of leveling up. You know, there's something else I have over here, it's uh, the different ways of saying amazing. You know, ah, everything's amazing. I'm like, well, okay, great, is it really? Probably not. So let's find other words or like 10 other words or something you can put in the place. It's simple, but I tell you, I think it's perception, my perception of myself and how you perceive me, and it's also impressive, and I don't do it to impress you, But I do it so that you know that I do the work that it takes, I I think, the best I could possibly be. And then greater good is what we all know. It's volunteering, paying it forward, tithing, giving back, volunteering. One of the things that I like to do is I collaborate with domesticshelters.org. And I scream it from the rooftops when I can. And this also is part of my self-esteem regime and the work that I want to do with women who are in toxic relationships or abusive relationships and that are victims of domestic violence. You know, jumping on board with something that even if you don't have the time to do a lot, You can still do just by volunteering, giving back, paying it forward and well, it feels
1: good right i mean yeah. i think for the yep. you know look good feel good i mean it does contribute to your feel you good, go which good. Makes you look good no i'm not saying look good from the outside i'm saying that joy inside that you when it makes you feel good
2: sure. you actually glow and you actually look good the quickest way if you do something nice for someone i don't care if you're holding the open the elevator yeah. door there's going to be a little teeny weeny part of you it's going to feel really good about doing that so that yeah. somebody else could jump in the elevator with you so i mean it doesn't take a lot sometimes it just takes the little things that the kindness that i think Oprah talks about so much, or, you know, just be kind for God's sake. It doesn't cost you that much. So does Betty
1: White. That's what she just said. That was, it's kindness. I mean, everything is about kindness and being kind to yourself and being kind to others. I love that. So as we end up our time here together, because we've done an hour and a half, even though it wasn't
2: (laughs) It wasn't all
1: recorded, (laughs) and I want to be respectful of your time. If someone's listening this to say, you know, I've got to connect myself with Clarissa. I want to be part of her world. I want to be part of what she's doing. You're mastermind. You've mentioned the book. Obviously, you want to be on stages and speak at different events and podcasts, all of that. What does it look like for you moving forward? What is this year going to be for you? Let's just talk about three things that you need help with so that we can manifest your
2: goals. That's very kind. So what I am asking for is different media connections. This is not about selling books. You know, the amount of money you get by selling a book, once the publisher gets theirs and my co-writer gets theirs, this is not about getting rich. This is about getting the message out there. This is about reinforcing those women, mostly. Men can certainly read the book as well. That is not what I'm saying. I just love the fact that we can, as a collective, women sort of really get in there, sink our teeth in and help one another level up. I think that one of the most beautiful things I had to seen was someone has a hand tended forward and a hand tended backwards. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, someone will be helping me up as I am helping someone else up. And that's why there are women like me, Jan and women like you that are writing powerful books to help women everywhere. And there are women much more powerful than me that will do the same for me. So that's what I think my mission is anyway. And I really would like to see the self-esteem regime become the movement that it was meant to be.
1: That's beautiful. So, we know we can get your book. We'll make sure we have the link so you can get your book on Amazon Thank if you. that's where you want us to get it yeah. or at your website. Just
2: close the Bird anywhere. I'm everywhere on social. She's just Clarissa
1: Yeah, she's yeah. everywhere. I make yeah. sure, we, you know, I always make sure I connect with my guests before we meet because, you know, nice. so if you have a connection request, you got to accept it to make sure that we can share everything once we're done with I'd the love to. podcast here. So, what words of advice would you like to leave us with today?
2: One of the things I like to say is you're only as beautiful as your last good deed. In other words, you know, also worked a lot in the beauty industry. I certainly have worked in the beauty industry and I saw beauty do a lot of really nasty things that weren't necessarily always either on the up and up or, you know, I certainly saw beautiful women not living their greater good. You know, beauty is a gift. And I think that you are only as beautiful as your last good deed, because if you were gifted the gift of beauty and you're acting like a jerk, you ain't so pretty anymore. That's just one of the things that I like to leave everyone yeah. with. And, and that. And hopefully the men will hear that
1: too, because I mean, this is the beauty from within. It definitely is the beauty from within. I right. love that. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. i had so much fun. Thank you. I, I don't know if we can handle each other again, but it'll be interesting. We can, we can. We're big. big. I think
2: smoke will rise when we get in the same room anyway. Oh my like gosh. That. I know. I cannot wait for that
1: to happen. We're going to have yeah. so much fun. I just thank you so much for sharing this message. And I can't wait to uh, talk to you about your book after we cool. uh, finish the recording. I'm going to talk to you about your book again. And, you know, I just encourage everybody to reach out to Clarissa if you want to be part of her mastermind, if you want to get her book, if you want to book her for a stage or a podcast for you or an e-summit or a webinar. I encourage you to just let her let this light shine in. And I know you have a big mastermind that's happening over in Italy. So if you're interested in that, it's not for everybody, right? Not for everybody.
2: Yep, we're probably going over in October. And that's where I take you back to the Italy that I love and adore where I lived for 30 years. And I take you to meet some of the coolest people on the planet. It's a great trip. Uh, Ask Sharon Lecter. She'll tell you.
1: right you know if there's anything that you're interested in doing don't wait a minute longer get in touch with clarissa and she will help make all of that happen and i just want to say thank you again for joining me today it's been a pleasure i'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to meet you however we met because we can't figure it out we don't know we just met It
2: It was destiny. It was destiny. That's
1: right. That's That's here. And I just want to tell everybody, thank you so much for listening and letting us be part of your day today. And we hope that we have made an impact on your life and something that will trigger you to create this movement for yourself or for someone, loved one in your family. Get the book for everybody for a gift. What a great way to change the world. So thank you so much again, everyone for listening in. And thanks again, Clarissa. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Jen. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen DuPlessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplesis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and